This is RPG A Day Month with Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Day 21. Push. Okay, so. Day 21. Only 10 days to go. We are two thirds of the way through. This is a uh, another milestone. So, today's word is push. It seems like. Um, it seems like this year's RPG A Day words were pretty much designed for Call of Cthulhu. I mean, we had Investigate, and now we've got Push. Um, okay, well, they weren't all designed for Call of Cthulhu, but, um, you know, Push, pushing, pushing the role, that is a huge part of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. It is a massive part of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. And I think it is one of the best game mechanics I've ever seen, or certainly ever used. I I don't claim to have encyclopedic knowledge of game systems, far from it. Um, as I said before, I know what I like, and I like what I know. And I don't know why I always say that with a sort of Lancashire accent, but um, it seems to be something that people in Lancashire say a lot. It's that confidence you get from living in the northwest that you know what's right about the world you know what's wrong about the world and i'm not you're not gonna let anyone else tell you anything different Ostle twistle pies there that's what that's what the world should be eating Ostle twistle pies God. i lived in lancashire for four years i can't do the accent um uh, yeah, I lived in Lancashire. <laughs> Why am I talking about this? I lived in Lancashire for four years. I actually loved living in Lancashire. I was I, I went to Lanc Lancaster University. See, you can tell I became northern because southerners pronounce it Lancaster, which always sounded really wrong to me. Anyway, Lancaster. Um, and I became... Um, I passionately loved uh, the northwest. I, I became deeply fond of the northwest. What I didn't like was uh, the drive up from London. The M1 and the M6 are two horrendous, horrible motorways. Um, but yeah, um, went there for three years and then stayed on another year living in um, in uh, in Wiresdale. Well, living in Scorton, village of Scorton. I lived in a, in a big old house called Wiresdale Park Hall. Um, it was the most wonderful and also the worst year of my life combined. Actually, I, I think it was one of the most wonderful years of my life. Um, quite magical, actually. Um, but the winter was was very, very rough. Very rough. Um, this house had uh, it was it was it was a neo um, gothic mansion basically that was falling to pieces, and the owners had hit on hard times, so they rented rooms out to students. And we ended up there, me and my mate. And we arrived in summer, and it was wonderful. But then, of course winter came this place had three foot thick stone walls and no and no heating <laughs> oh my god uh, there were fireplaces in, in every room but man having to chop the wood every morning and keep yourself warm in the middle of a Lancashire winter was just a fireplace Oof. yeah I don't think I could do that now I don't think I could I'm too soft you're too soft lad you're too you're too fucking soft that's why I learned I was too fucking soft. Um, but yeah, I, um, I kind of fell in love with Lancashire. I fell in love with um, 
the forest of Boland and the Pennines. This um, this house, this grand old house, it was um, had these amazing grounds. It had a lake. It had like a fell. Nicky Nook, Nicky Nook Fell. Um, the, um, the guy that owned it, James Ewell. Him and his family, they became really good friends of mine. We, they kind of adopted us and we sort of adopted their children. Their children were like nine and 12 or something when we were, when we first met them. And I don't know, it was this kind of crazy place. It was pretty, pretty, pretty wild stuff that went on there. Um, just, yeah, lots of parties and camping out and because they were kind of, they knew some posh people, some proper posh people. Um, you know, like pseudo royalty, but then there were us scumbag hippie students and, and all these feral kids running around. It was really amazing place. I don't know how I've got onto this. I really don't. Talking about pushed roles, fuck me. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, <laughs> the Northwest. I, I haven't been back there in years, actually. I, re I really should. It's got the most incredible landscape up there, and it's not well known because people going up that way, they um, they tend to skip past the Forest of Boland and head up to the Lake District. That's, of course, the very famous tourist area up that way. Cumbria is it's probably about another 50 miles north. So you don't get a lot of people stopping off in the Forest of Boland, but it's it's incredible, incredible place. Can we get back to RPGs? I mean, does anyone, does anyone, no one's interested in this shit. I'm sorry. Oh. I'll, I'll get back to RPGs. So, <coughs> clear my mind. Find my neutral space. Push rolls. Best mechanic. Right, that's how I got here. Best mechanic. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, mechanic. Spike fit. Che. Mechanic doesn't just mean a bloke that fixes your cars. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. I know you know it doesn't. But it does also mean a process or a procedure or, or a way something works. It really does. It really does. Uh, mechanism means something subtly different. And I'm not going to go there again. I don't know if Che actually will will listen to my podcast again. I, 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 he um, just uh, on Sunday, the uh, 16th, I think it was, he, um, which actually is today. I'm recording this today. I'm sort of, it's ridiculous. I know it's meant to be going out next week, but... Uh, he put out a pretty kind of heavy episode talking about not feeling safe, not feeling wanted, not feeling understood. And I felt that I might have had something to do with that. I, I don't know. He hasn't told me if that's the case or not. I feel like, you know, my my kind of positions, my, 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 my beliefs might have run up against his at times. And normally we, we, we seem to, we, we do normally get through it. Maybe... And, and come to a, a really lovely understanding as friends, but maybe this time, I don't know, maybe this time I've gone too far. You know, I didn't, I didn't, um, if it was me that you're referring to, you say, people who say D&D is for kids, and I know I said that, that I'm only going to play with the kids, I didn't mean it's only for kids, I mean, the way I like to play it, and the way that fifth edition, let's say, plays, it's perfect for kids. Um, and I want to play other games with adults. I want to play games where the, the, the mechanic, 
say, off-pushed rolls. See, we're getting back to it. We, are, we will eventually circle all the way back around and talk about the topic where, where the mechanic has this, this sort of layered, layered complexity that, that kids really couldn't, probably couldn't figure out. Um, or, or maybe they, they, they wouldn't appeal to them in some way, or I don't know. Um, pushing the role requires quite a lot of buy-in from the player and from the GM. And, and I think most mechanics in, in 5e are very, they're very clear. They're very clearly stated. There isn't much left to interpretation, whereas Call of Cthulhu is all about interpretation. And, and, and subsequently, it's all about buy-in. That your players really have to buy into this idea of giving up some of their agency at certain times to let the dramatic thing happen. And push rolls is the, in a way, is the is the perfect example of it. Push rolls and 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 um, bouts of madness, sanity, loss. Those are both perfect examples of it. So, what is a push roll? Um, so, I, I, I am pretty sure this was introduced for 7th edition, I may be wrong, but I seem to remember Mike Mason saying about it when, when we spoke. Anytime you attempt something, anytime you make a skill check, except in combat, combat can't do this, you can push the roll. What that means is, you can roll again. Now. If that was all there was to it, it would be pretty bloody boring. <laughs> well, also, it would be... You, you, it's an incomplete rule, because, you know, you do it every time. Of course, there's a downside to doing it. Now, first thing you have to do is you have to explain what you're doing to give you the chance to push the role. Now, I cannot imagine there is a Call of Cthulhu game master out there in the world who, upon giving... Upon being given... A rationale would say, "I'm sorry, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You can't push the role." Okay, maybe there are certain situations where you might say that um, because the the player has said something, you know, kind of almost nonsensical, like, I, "I'm going to try and jump to the moon." Well, you fail. Okay, how are you push the roll? I'm going to turn on the um, you know the rocket blasters in my shoes that I just made made up. And with that, I will jump to the food. Now, of course, you can come to ridiculous extremes, but I can't imagine in most situations, in 99% of situations, that a GM would deny the player the push roll. So it's really a formality, but it's a good formality because it gets you to think about what you're setting the stakes as. So the whole point of pushing the roll is that you're upping the stakes. Failing something called Cthulhu, as I, as I said before on, on in, in other references to perception, investigation, or whatever. But failing a role doesn't mean you have a catastrophic disaster. The, 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 the great example that Scott Dorwood uses often is failing a climb role doesn't mean you fall off the cliff, or you fall off the, the, the side of the building and try to climb it. It means you start trying to climb and you realize, nah, I can't do it. When you push it, then it's like saying, well, this looks like this could be highly dangerous, I'm going to do it anyway. And then, and then, if you fail that roll, then you fall off. So, so that is a very simple example of how the player, in collaboration with the GM, sets the stakes, and then if they fail, something really bad happens. And the player is, is fully conscious of that, um, 
of that bargain that's been made. It's kind of like, um, I think Mike Mesa referred to it as the devil's bargain. You know, do you push the roll? Do you, uh, do you accept the failure? Do you spend some luck? Because that's another way of turning failure into success. But it's, it's obviously a, a finite resource that you don't necessarily want to spend all the time. Or do you push the roll? And pushing the roll is the riskiest, but potentially the least costly. Because obviously, if you succeed, then you've lost nothing. Um, it's only when you fail <laughs> that things go horribly wrong. So here's some examples then of failed pushed rolls and the things that can go horribly wrong. Um, I think, I don't think anyone's ever done this in my game, but it is the classic. It is the classic. The failed first aid roll. Um, your your pal is bleeding out. You're, you've got maybe 30% in first aid. Um, you decide to give it a go. Uh, you roll a you roll a 53 and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to push the roll. And then you you ask the player, okay, well, okay, fine. What what are you doing? And um, and he'll say something like or she will say something like, "Oh, you know, I'll do that thing, that emergency tracheotomy thing with the biro." Which everyone seems to do in the movies, but I don't think it works very well. But anyway. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's a great push roll and then he rolls a um a 90 he rolls a 90 and um, instead of going through the windpipe it goes through the carotid artery and the guy just bleeds out that is the classic push roll um what i really like are pushed um actually push rolls and fumbles are kind of similar actually um they, they, they manifest in similar ways. I don't think I've ever seen anyone push a Cthulhu Mythos roll. Uh, the reason for that being that, that people have got like such a low percentage in it that, that um, you would be pretty crazy to push it. Um, you know, you typically don't have more than about 12, 13%. And, and uh, yeah, your chances of something going horribly wrong are pretty high. Um, in, uh, in our game a couple of sessions ago, two people fumbled their Cthulhu Mythos rolls. That was, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. That, that actually gives me carte blanche to impose something pretty horrific on the player. Um, for me, when you, when you fumble or, or push or, or fail a push Cthulhu Mythos roll, let's, let's assume, given that we're talking about pushing, that someone has failed a push roll because it's the same outcome. Um, in this case... Um, the first chap, a little while later, the panther form of Neris, the High Priestess of Bast, um, just basically was waiting for him in his hotel room to, um, to just bite a big piece of him out. <laughs> um, he nearly killed her, actually. And um, that would have been really... That would have been really, really bad. That would have been really bad. If you kill the High Priestess of Bast, basically you earn the... You, there's a death sentence pushed on you, put on you. You, you, have, you. The curse of Bast is placed on you, and you will be hunted down and killed by by um, man-eating tigers and lions. And it's just, you, you, yeah, you, it's a death sentence. So it's a good thing that didn't happen. Anyway, that's what happened to him. The other, um, the other person who who fumbled, uh, fumbled her Cthulhu Mythos role. 
she um, she was round at um, the noble Dr. Kafur's house being taught some spells from the Necronomicon. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, they were desperate to learn Elder Sign, a very useful spell if you want to have any chance of, of beating some of the worst things that can that can emerge from from other the other dimensions. Unfortunately, she fumbled. And, of course, she was then immediately transported to the Dreamlands where some pretty bad shit was going down. And um, she was basically... Um, there's now a parallel adventure going on, which I don't know... I'm not going to say anymore, but let's say there's a parallel adventure going on um, where she is, in some ways, compelled to deal with this, this, these agents of Nihilathotep in the Dreamlands, these corsairs who sail these black galleys. And they're going to have to go to the Forbidden Lands and go to um, leave the port of Dilathleen and, and, and head to the Forbidden Lands. This is some deep mythos shit I'm laying on you now, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Dreamlands is a is a great place. I think if I was ever to run a fantasy campaign again properly, I think I would just locate it in the Dreamlands. They are a really great setting that I don't know if enough has been done with them, to be honest, over the years. I, I, I'll have to do some digging. Um, they're really rich and, and fabulous. Uh, Dream, the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, an amazing story that if anyone's interested in in the more fantastical, the fantasy side of, of Lovecraft, that's, that's the story to read. So anyway, yeah. And of course, when she came back, um, she had lost some sanity when she came back from the Dreamlands. So... Um, the the other classics of pushing roles are are intimidation checks. <laughs> intimidation checks. So uh, this same player who who fumbled their Cthulhu Mythos role and ended up having to fight a Werepanther, um, the next day, having somewhat recovered, he decided he had to he had to had to intimidate the the Dutch. Archaeologist Van Hoevelen. Um and when when it didn't work, I said, uh, and he wanted to push the role. I offered him that. We agreed that he would just get his gun out and point him, point the gun at this guy's head in the middle of a busy cafe. That's the kind of fun stuff that happens with push rolls, and and it is very much about trust because the player has to trust me that I'm not going to screw them. Because you can easily screw the players with with the push roll mechanic, it, it it is it is an act of ultimate trust between you and the players. If they say, "Okay, I I will I will allow you to kind of tell me what the consequences and 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 in a way what my action is," because I think it's best when you collaborate between the player and the GM to to work out what the push roll is um, with the best intentions in in the world. Um, players on on their own generally don't like to go as bad as things should get with a push roll so they need a little bit of nudging a little bit of encouragement from time to time and i i find that's a that's the best compromise you know they need just that little nudge just just to be pushed a little 